0: Bonjour. Hello. Hi, Camille. How are you?
1: I am good, Devin. How are you? I am so happy to be back.
0: Yes, glad to be back too. I'm doing pretty great. Uh, Excited to be here. Yes, and welcome back,
1: everybody, to the Transatlantic Confusion Podcast. We're two best friends, Devin and I, obviously, one in the States and one in Europe. uh, Talk about the things that just confuse the heck out of them.
0: Yes, and welcome to season two. We took a bit of a hiatus. Granted, it was a bit longer than we both anticipated, However, we're back, and we're super excited to kind of get back in the swing of things, to keep working on stuff, and just making a better show for everyone who wants to listen. So let's get into it.
1: So Devin, what's been going on? How have you been doing?
0: I have been doing um, so-so, if I can be completely honest. The bit of a vacation from podcasting didn't really feel like it. I, you know being honest and breaking down stigmas and whatever, Uh, I've been having a few struggles with my mental health lately. So um, I finally talked to my doctor and now I'm on like anti-anxiety and anti-depression medication, Yezoloft, and I'm just getting used to it um, because intrusive thoughts and obsessive compulsions are not fun, ladies and gents, and it's never a bad thing to reach out for help. So that's always fun.
1: Yes, and I'd like to say I'm super proud of you for what you've been doing to take care of yourself. And I'd like to say that if if anybody is listening and they're going through a tough time, don't hesitate. It's not as easy as it sounds. I I know that, but if if you can reach out to someone, especially friends, people that you trust, and and you know healthcare professionals, they're there for you if they're good healthcare professionals, and hopefully they are. So you should just check in with them and see what they can advise you to do. So yes, yeah. good job, Devin. I'm super proud of you.
0: Thank you. Not not feeling 100% yet, but, you know, I guess it's uh, part of recognizing that I haven't really felt, been feeling 100% for a while. So mm-hmm. I'm learning what that feels like. Um, almost yeah. two weeks in, and that's when it should start, you know, really working its mojo gonna tinker with dosages and whatnot so not to be super with serious with the help but, of a
1: professional though
0: yeah i'm definitely gonna like yeah, check gonna in with my know. doctor and be like hey mm-hmm. should i up it a little bit but we'll figure yeah. it out mm-hmm. and All then right. also uh the pacific northwest had its worst heat wave ever about gosh was it two weeks ago at this point uh, was it not even honestly probably
1: like around yeah 10 days to two weeks yeah but not yeah. longer than that yeah
0: Got up to, I want to say like 114 degrees here in Olympia and like Seattle area, which is the hottest it's ever been in a consecutive period. And also, according to, you know, the New York Times and like climate scientists, is only possible because of climate change. Whereas before everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure climate change didn't help out with it. But, you know, it's like a freak thing. But like, no, apparently this is only possible because of climate change. So, yeah, that was fun. and
1: for all our peeps out there that uh, use Celsius, sorry, Devin, to run on your parade, but 114 yeah, Fahrenheit is about 45.5 Celsius. So, it's hot as a motherfucker. There's There's oh no God. fucking way, it's insane.
0: I, no. I, yeah. And this was coupled with my really severe like anxiety attack. So to mm. be even more real, so I genuinely yeah. there was like a time like on like Sunday evening where I genuinely thought I was like going insane. It was just so yeah. hot. And the yeah. only, we don't have air conditioning here in the Pacific Northwest. And if you do, you're bougie as fuck. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so like the only thing that helped toward the end of the night was I was just like getting ice cubes from the freezer and rubbing them on my neck. And yeah. like they were gone in a minute, and I would just like kill me.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I've seen like videos of people, maybe not in the PNW, but like in Texas, Arizona, and stuff where it got, it got even hotter, hotter. hotter. And, and they, they were, like, were like like pan, pan frying fried- steaks and eggs on the sidewalk.
0: Well, yeah, but like that's normal for them. It's not. It's still normal getting here. worse
1: every like, yeah. year,
0: though. Yeah, but that's like more in vain with like what they've like normally had. So like I'm not mm. like I'm not shitting on Arizona, but like no one should live in Arizona.
1: <laughs> it's literal hell in terms of temperatures. Like it's crazy hot over there all the it time. Should it should not like. be
0: in like the mid hundreds or the early hundreds in Washington State, and like it was mm-hmm. hotter in Canada too. Like, there was this one town that hit, like, the hottest recorded temperature in Canadian or North American history. And then, to add insult to injury, there was a wildfire, and now that town doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. No, it's been crazy. I've I've seen pictures of Mount Rainier, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I remember having that reflex. That's when I felt like I was really part of Western Washington, kind of, like, the community, you know, is when I would... Drive somewhere and see Mount Reindeer and say, Oh, the mountain's out. Like, that's a very <laughs> like PNW thing to be like, Oh, the mountain's out. It's going to exactly. be a good day, good weather. And I saw pictures of it the week before the heat wave and the week after. And it broke my heart. Like yeah. the, the snow is gone, the ice is gone, like a lot of it at least. And it's just like, Oh man, we're really messing this up. We're really messing this up.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. though, um, I guess, like, hopefully there'll be more legislation for it soon to get right back into that, because uh, in terms of, like, what's been going on in the news in the last two weeks, (laughs) so much, but also not anything. So, like, um, mostly the thing that's been in, like, the front page news for me in the last few days has been, like, apparently the president of Haiti was assassinated, which is pretty pretty intense, if I can be honest. Um, How does that just happen?
1: Like, how how, how does the president just die assassinated in his like villa? That's so weird to me.
0: Haiti apparently is going through quite a bit and it's super unstable. Like, Mm. there have been ex Colombian soldiers who were involved with it. There were like a couple of Americans involved with it. So Ah. it's very intense. And apparently, the Haitian government, um, Ha- requested American military help, but the US oh. is kind of like not yet. Like let's let's mm. see how this goes. Let's
1: see how oh, this goes. Then, that's, that's really American of them. Like it's only when it shit hits the fan that we'll just show up as in like the way to save democracy when they haven't been helping or they were a reason that everything got fucked up in the first place. Am I right I mean, or am I right? I
0: wanna say I wanna <laughs> say that the reason Haiti is fucked up is primarily because of La France. I mean oh, Haiti has sure
1: did- for Haiti sure. had to pay
0: reparations to the French government to recoup the losses from slaves until 1947. I know.
1: I know. It was insane. The French government, there's like they were such assholes, and they're still assholes for not recognizing that they were assholes. So you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm from America. I know exactly. What <laughs>
1: exactly. <you mean>. So <laughs> like, come on, guys. Anyway. Mm. So yeah.
0: Um, what else? Infrastructure still still chugging along through Congress. It'll be interesting. And I only bring it up because apparently um the infrastructure bill is one of the main hopes that we have right now for addressing climate change in the United States. So that should be interesting. Yeah. Then there was the condo collapse, which was just a tragedy. Yeah that was heartbreaking. And they yeah. had to
1: destroy the second half of it because of a storm coming in.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So they just had to tear the rest of it down. And after a while, they're like, look, we can't be looking for survivors. We're looking for bodies at this point. Yeah, so it's so been just, really tragic.
1: Just in case, because we're seeing like the condo collapse. And if you don't follow the news, because there's so many things happening, you you might not have heard. But it was in Florida, right? Like this the half of this condo, like so the condo it's not really a word we have in France but basically these apartments right mm-hmm. it's like an apartment building and half of it collapsed for no apparent reason it looks like you know because it's in Florida it was built on pillars in a way because you know water coming in hurricanes whatever um, and it had been constant like consistently sinking for a few years into the grounds but Nobody seemed to pay attention or want to fix it, I guess, is what I've kind of understood from this whole story. And so all of a sudden, middle of the night, um, half of the building just collapsed with people in it. It seems like sirens and alarms went off in the building, which helped a lot of people evacuate first. Which my question then is, is it normal for buildings to have sirens and alarms saying, hey, I'm about to collapse in about like a couple of minutes, you should probably move?
0: I mean, I don't know if it's like that, but there are supposed to be like warning systems and emergency systems and things like that. I think the main scandal around all of it is that there were inspections in the last few years that said it was safe. And so, mm-hmm. like, that inspector is really getting a lot of scrutiny. And also, I think it really highlights the impact of climate change in Florida because I think it was like in Miami. And mm-hmm. um, so, other yeah, it's condos yeah the other condos are now like, Well, is our building safe because they're kind of like the same mm-hmm. same deal so it's it's just it's just a tragedy all the way terrifying. around so, it's
1: terrifying. Yeah. they had like what a hundred and fifty people missing in you know underneath like the remnants of the building that had collapsed like it's just so sad, it's mm-hmm. just so sad, but um yeah, so, hmm, what about something a little bit? happier Devin there was the 4th of July recently which holds different meanings for both of us but um, Mm -hmm. as someone who was in the states at the time well I guess my main worry was is some idiot gonna spark some fireworks when it's been so hot recently and start an entire forest fire I haven't seen anything on the news (laughs)
0: I haven't either, so good luck there. I know that there have been a okay. few around, but like nothing like last summer yet. So that's mm. good. But then again, yeah, July July hasn't really shaken out to be fire season yet. I think it's around August, but you know, who knows? Yeah, anymore. but
1: you know, it's just people doing baby showers or whatever. Like you can't stop imbeciles. So <laughs> I'm just I saying
0: I sincerely hope that trend dies. I really do. It was I it's so, so do weird. As well. It's such a straight person thing, too, if I can be completely honest. Oh, yes, it is.
1: I've <laughs> never seen an LGBTQ plus couple do this bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. have you? Nah, I don't think so. Like, Not
0: really. We no. know
1: We know how to be fabulous without putting forests on fire to determine the gender of our baby that hasn't been born yet you stuck <laughs> if
0: you do that well imagine imagine that being a priority it's like well you exactly. already i don't hmm. know if i can afford to have a child let alone like fret <laughs> about what gender they are like come on
1: yeah and i'm like well but we have to know because then their clothes will will be blue or pink and we have to like paint the nursery honey there are bigger priorities have you bought diapers yet <laughs> because that's expensive yeah i'm just saying yeah, Oh, exactly. man. Goodness. Mm-mm. So, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you have a good fourth, though? Like, was it, like, did you have fireworks, but, like, you know, city fireworks of any kind or, like, any sort of party?
0: So fireworks were banned in our county, which I'm all in favor of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So no fireworks. We didn't do anything. We stayed at home. But I did make, like, some special 4th of July food because it's a tradition in my family, and I know it's weird, but, like, (laughs) we make a version of fried rice that my grandpa came up with because he served in the Vietnam War, which, you know, I I guess has its own history. But uh, it's, like, a family recipe. It's, like, bacon and egg fried rice, and it's, like, Mm -hmm. corn and broccoli. I made a version of it. Um, it wasn't like the normal version that I make, but I made fried rice and we have baked beans with it. So you add in a little bit of extra ketchup and sugar. I know it's very weird, but it's like a, a staple in my summer holiday foods. And then uh, we had hot dogs, which I, we were thinking about doing burgers, but it's like hot dogs are just so much less maintenance and like they're really good. Mm-hmm. And then I was really craving corn on the cob, um, but we didn't have butter because we, hadn't been able to get to the grocery store and like it just been so hot that our butter, our butter melted and went bad in the butter bag. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, So I coated it in a little bit of mayo and did like an elote type of thing and roasted Mm -hmm. it and it was came out really good. good. Yeah. Yeah, So I ate really well for a couple of days. Uh, Other than that, it was just, I celebrated my freedom by having the freedom to just relax because it's just COVID's still a thing. There what like the fairs were canceled, fireworks were canceled, and like people were busy. So it's like Fourth of July's never really been like one of my most important holidays. Like mm-hmm. I know people care about it. I'm not saying I don't care about it, but it's been harder to feel patriotic in the last few years. And yeah. as an adult, when you have a holiday without kids and it's harder to do things last minute, you just take the excuse to relax and do nothing. And it was really great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you?
0: I know Bastille Day is coming up.
1: It is. It's, uh, it's on the 14th of July, which also happens to be uh, St. Camille's Day. But French people don't know that. My mom didn't even know about it until my grandfather in Belgium, who therefore has a different calendar, told her, hey, 14th of July is like your daughter's like, Saint Same Day, you know, day. And she's like, oh, really? It is. Because on our calendars, it's just with, written like Fête nat for FET Nationale. <laughs> um, yeah, so...
0: <laughs> I'm sure yeah, that matters to you yeah. how well every, you are.
1: No, it doesn't. I really don't give a crap. But the thing is, every year when I see the fireworks, I just look unto my people and say, thank you. <laughs> it is so kind of you. <laughs> so,
0: ba-dum, there ba-dum,
1: you go. Yeah, but... I won't be I won't be doing much this year because first of all it's on a Wednesday so you know I'm working Boring. the next day yeah I can't really party it up but um, I'll just be going for the traditional like glass of champagne at my friend's house um, he's got a beautiful view of Paris from his balcony and uh, I really don't think I'll stay up late enough to see the fireworks though I just think I'll you know I'll probably be going there around, like, 7 p.m. and leaving after an hour and a half or so because, eh, you know, I don't want to wait until, like, 11 p.m. to see some fireworks and then be like, okay, now i got to, like, walk home, which is not that long of a walk, but still, I mean, I'd rather be home, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, plus this reminds me of the conversation we had a few months ago talking about how so many countries seem to have their national holidays, like, in July.
1: Yeah, because Belgians national holiday is the 21st,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: I have to be honest, I unfortunately cannot tell you what the 21st of July refers to in Belgian history. I'll have to look it up. I'll look it up for next week because we'll Looking be it up now. that date. Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> I have Google and that's like something I love. And I know that okay. Belgium became independent from the Netherlands. That's all yeah. I know.
1: Well, because I know, for example, I know the 4th of July for Americans, you know, I think everybody knows that, which is sad, because if you're not in the States, but okay.
0: Um, Oh, okay. So it marks the anniversary of the investiture of King Leopold I, the first king of the Belgians in mm -hmm. 1831. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Oh, so that means that in 10 years, they'll probably have a big, big party for it because it will have been 200 years.
0: Oh, also, speaking of national holidays, more research needed, bias history, um, Canada Day was apparently pretty intense throughout Canada because they discovered those mass graves, which we mm-hmm. want to say that we are in solidarity with the First Nations oh, of there. Course. It's unacceptable. That's
1: insane. They, they have to look into all of these, like... So called schools in Canada and in the United States. And yeah, Deb, Holland.
0: Deb Holland's looking into that. And I'm really, I'm just Good. really glad she's there. So I like I. her a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they apparently tore down statues of Queen Victoria and Elizabeth II throughout Canada. Mm-hmm. And it got very intense. Um, but to kind of also, I know this is a lot, to go back to one of our earlier episodes Trudeau has finally appointed a new governor general. And oh, wow. Probably extremely not coincidentally, uh, she is going to be the first First Nations Governor General in Canada's history.
1: Nice, nice. Okay, I'm very, I'm very happy for her. Like, not gonna lie, but I yeah. feel like it's such a political move to come at this time.
0: Oh, it like, is. It should
1: have been done before. First of all, it's good it it's is. happening now, but it should have been done before. Um, I think it's, it's one obvious- of those things. If Go you ahead, try right. to appease people by, you know, hiring her for like appointing her for this job, it's not mm-hmm. gonna work. It's too little, too late. But I'm I'm very happy for her. Like, no, not gonna lie. It's it's good to have someone there as part of, of of this community, of course. But um, really, man, like, because I don't think they've even ordered for all of these schools to be looked into. Like the First Nations folks went out there to look for themselves in a way, you know, and kind of see what was going on. The government really hasn't seemed to declare an investigation, have they?
0: I think they are. I think Trudeau is trying to take it seriously. And that's kind of why I'm really excited for Mary Simon, who is the name of the person. She is the first Mm -hmm. Inuit person, the first of Inuit descent to be appointed to this role. Uh, And it should be really interesting. And I I 100% agree with you that I think it's one of those things where it's like this is definitely political, but also I respect the decision in that this is really the only acceptable decision he could have made. So he could have picked just another white lady and it could have just tried to blow over the situation. But I think that this is a good step. It's mm-hmm. really reignited the, the discussion about the role of the monarchy in Canada, too, despite oh. the fact that the monarchy is surprisingly more ingrained into Canada's constitution than it is in the UK. So that's interesting. Hmm. All yeah. right. <sighs> so that's my update. Sorry that that took <laughs> so long. It's just been no, a few weeks. No, you're fine. Yeah. You're all right. Um.
1: I, personally, so let's see, what have I been doing for the past three weeks? Uh, not that much. I'm sorry. Except, like, working.
0: <laughs> Obviously. Yeah,
1: working. I've been working a shit ton. Uh, it never really stops. Um, But, yeah, we've been working on the podcast also. So hopefully you, you know, like the way we're organizing things. And please feel free to give us feedback because that's what we want, really. Um. Otherwise, well, I've been suffering through the Euro Cup, which is this uh, soccer tournament. I was really hoping that France was going to lose, and they did. So I was very happy because (laughs) I'm sorry. It's not. The problem is that when when France is in any type of competition, and I'm sure it's the same for other countries, but that's all the news we'll talk about. And already summer is the season of sports. We have Roland Garros, which is, you know, this huge tennis game. Um, We have the Tour de France, which I'll talk about a bit later. We have sometimes, not every year, I guess, but we have the Euro Cup, which is soccer. I mean, it's like nonstop. And so during the news, they'll always talk about France, 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 soccer, 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 soccer. And I'm like, really, is this like a slow news day?
0: I mean, I've been hearing about it because my boss is Danish. So I. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And so France lost, and I was like, ooh, bummer. And I was like, ooh, but I hope Belgium makes it. And they didn't. So now I'm not paying attention anymore. All I know is that it's Italy versus England tomorrow. So Sunday. Which is um, the final. Yeah, it's the final. So. I'm going to you know, be honest.
0: I have to root for England if it's between Italy and England. I have to root for England. I'm sorry.
1: So, so do I. I don't even feel sorry because basically, (laughs) no, but I'm not a huge soccer fan. Like, I I appreciate a good game. I really liked watching the US uh, women's team. That was Mm -hmm. awesome with like Megan Rapino. Oh, my God. She's so great. Oh, my God. She's amazing. So I was like, because they were playing against France. And so they like, France got completely just like, beat by the u.s team it was amazing and every time the u.s scored i would go up to my window and yell "Woo!" you know like just being so happy and i could hear my french neighbors being very very quiet and it was wonderful for every single evening they've been yelling and partying watching soccer games this time it was my turn um but yeah so when i was a kid i was i don't even know what how old I was but we basically had this amazing soccer player named Zinedine Zidane which I know might sound a bit weird but it's not you say Uh, Zidane Zidane. to anybody
0: oh my god I had to learn that song in French class Zidane a la fape Zidane a la fape (laughs) there you go I had to learn that freaking song in French class. I know who that is.
1: Oh, my God. I I did not know that that song existed. But all right. (laughs) But basically, Zidane was this amazing soccer player, like really great. And I grew up knowing that he was a great player. And then came the World Cup. And France was playing against Italy. Now, I'm talking to you. This was probably like 2006, 2008. I don't know for sure. I was a... I was like probably in between. It's gonna be a pretty big, you know, but it's like in between eight and eleven. <laughs> like I don't know exactly. Makes I was sense young.
0: For me, yeah,
1: I was young. But uh, we were watching it. I was at summer camp. We were watching on this tiny, tiny TV in the cafeteria, and all of a sudden, Zidane was always this very calm, quiet guy, and all of a sudden he like headbutted the one of the Italian teammates like that's what bam, the in about. your face <laughs> like yeah. bam like it was so weird because then the game stopped then he was kicked off the um, the field and then we lost the game we lost the world cup and then his career went like downhill and we didn't know why he had done that and turns out that the italian player had been talking to him throughout the entire match you know the entire game and basically taunting him and it finally became too much when he told Zidane something like, um, I'm going to go F your sister and your mother is a whore. And Zidane Holy. just reflex, just boom, like, like we say, you know, bam, like a head butted the crap out of him. Um, and we lost the World Cup, but honestly, like, was worth it. But all that to say that it's been over, over 10 years and, uh, at least 15 even, and I have not forgiven Italy for that, so <laughs> I will be rooting for England. Yeah. <laughs> it was one Ugh. guy, but I haven't forgiven the Italian team for that. Mamma
0: mia, that is a spicy <laughs> shit show.
1: Yes, like, soccer I'm soccer sorry. in Europe is insane, man. I insane. know. Insane. Oh my god. People get way too involved in it, and it's just crazy, crazy. Yeah.
0: I mean, out of all the sports that I could potentially get into, soccer would be number one, because I grew up in a household where my brother played a lot of soccer. And so Mm. it was like always around and we watched the Sounders. And so like, I was never really, I'm not, I'm gay. I'm not a very sporty person. I know that's a stereotype, (laughs) but there you are. So I could get into soccer, but when I went to Barcelona, oh my God. Yes. So much soccer stuff. And so everyone's much. like, you have to go see a match. And I'm like, mm. I don't have that kind of money. So yeah. I, I kind of no. regret it, but I also kind of don't. It was a no, lot. No, you, you, you just go
1: find a bar. You just go find yeah. a bar with TVs and you watch it with the crowd. It's just as good. And it's pretty much free. Way more fun.
0: I did you that at my hostel. Pint. Exactly. I did that at my hostel. It was great. Except
1: it's when really they brought funny. out the Jaeger
0: bombs. And I'm like, no, thank you.
1: Ooh, <laughs> that's when the fun really starts. <laughs> oh, my God. You like Jaeger? <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. But <laughs> I, I've, I hate all that's like licorice and stuff. I hate it. But I remember um, there was this one member of my host family in the States that kind of liked it, but would never buy it. Um, and so for his birthday, I would buy him like, you know, the, the short, like the small liquor size, you know, like liquor Air bottles, like bottles. tiny ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I would buy him one, and we would really, like we would be like three people sharing it just to give you an idea, <laughs> you know, and um that was kind of fun, but like Jaeger bombs, I've heard about them, man, I kind of want to try one, I know I'll hate it, but just just to like stop wondering about what it is
0: <sighs> ah, good on, you mate, but i, I can't. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'd like to learn how to like licorice. I mean like. Platonically, when I think about it, it's not a horrible thing. It's just I'm not used to it. But if you add alcohol to it, I'm like, no, thank you. Like, Mm -hmm. I would like to try a pastis when I am able to get to France. But only because I've heard so much about it. Kind of like how I really want to try a citron pressé.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pastis is different.
1: But okay. Yeah. So... (laughs) But you know, it's kind of fun because we've been talking about Belgium and talking about sports, and I actually have a couple stories for you today. Mm-hmm. Um, because since my life has been pretty boring, uh, I decided to look some stuff up. I'm so sorry to say I haven't been watching anything interesting so far on like in terms of like my pop culture corner, but I, I will be soon sometime. So First of all, like I've mentioned with sports, we have the Tour de France, which is a big, like... hmm.
0: We know what the Tour de France is.
1: Are you sure? Because when I talked about Roland Garros,
0: you didn't know what it was. Well, that's because it's super fucking French.
1: Okay, well, the Tour de France literally has France in the name.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but we know about who Neil Armstrong is. Yeah, yeah, Neil Armstrong, the bicycle player... Not the bicycle bicycle player. The (laughs) bicycle player. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah oh, the no. amazing amazing champion it turns out he was like being like taking drugs the whole time and he lost his like entire fame yeah that was great yeah. so um, the tour de france is an annual man's multiple stage bicycle race primarily held in france it's a pretty good resume of it uh sometimes it passes through nearby countries because it's europe and everything is tiny um okay are like- we talking
0: about monaco does that really count I don't know, I don't know. I'm just kidding. So Love it, Monaco. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it consists of 21 stages each a day long over the course of 23 days. The idea is at the end, the last stages, they show up in like the middle of Paris by the Arc de Triomphe on this huge avenue. And that's where the finish line is. I remember going there once and it was awful because there's too many people, the subway is shut down. You can't see anything. And even if you wait for them to show up, they pass you by like in like a couple seconds because they're going so fast and it's over. So eh, if it's your thing, like cool. But it was first organized in in like 1903 to increase sales for a newspaper that was the entire purpose of it <laughs>
0: makes sense
1: and uh it was only it's been going on like annually since its first edition in 1903 except when it was stopped for the two world wars obviously. so yeah so a bunch of you know people have been you have like die-hard like tour de france fans it's crazy um While the general classification garners the most attention, there are other contests held within the tour. You have the points classification for the sprinters, the mountains classification for the climbers, young rider classification for riders under the age of 26, and the team classification based on the first three finishers from each team on each stage. Achieving a stage win also provides prestige, of often accomplished by a team sprint specialist or a writer taking part in the breakaway. I have no idea what these words mean. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, the main guy I know from watching TV, uh, the guy who kind of wins, I don't know if it's like every stage or if it's like the main guy who wins at the, the end of it, but they get this like yellow kind of jersey. It's not a jersey, you know, but it's like a yellow t-shirt, yellow top, like what bicycle... Racers Mm -hmm. wear whatever, yeah, and it's a big deal, yeah, and it's it's a big deal. So I'm happy for them. Now, the um, (laughs) here's where my story comes in because you know you know I don't watch sports, but this was hilarious and so sad at the same time. It was awful. There was, it happens, you know, at the Tour de France, they're all, when you watch the videos of it, it's crazy because they're all going so fast and everything's happening. And they're all obviously very close to one another in terms of like physical space. And one person falls down, a lot of people fall down and they suffer injuries. And sometimes if they're going very fast, it can be really heartbreaking because they get hurt and they can't do the race anymore. So... This year, it was the first stage, right? So first stage out of 21. And oh, they, boy. Were, they were 45 kilometers from the finish of the first stage, which, wait a second, for people that don't use kilometers. Argh.
0: Don't give me that side <laughs> eye.
1: Don't give me that side uh, eye. i <laughs> okay, 45, that's 27, well, let's run it up, 28 miles, okay? So they it's were 28 far. miles. Well, 28 miles away from the finish of the first stage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a female spectator on the side of the road held up a big sign that caused the crash of dozens of cyclists. Gah. She was holding, I saw the video of it. She was holding a sign. Like, she was basically stepping onto the road with this big cardboard sign that said, Allez Opie Omi. Which Opie Omi, I don't know. It might be a dialect, I guess, of where they were racing. But basically, she was saying, like, her grandparents are huge fans of the Tour de France. And so she was saying, like, let's go, grandpa and grandma. And. And, you know, just- like Ali is French, but Opie Omi art like is German, I guess. And so it was like go grandma and grandpa and uh, uh, someone on a bike obviously couldn't avoid her. So he hit the cardboard. He fell down. You can see how panicked is on his face when he sees he can't slow down. And then a dozen more just like stacked up on top of him, just like all falling down on the side of the road. It was heartbreaking, man. Um yeah, so it was the rider Tony Martin who was cycling near the head of the pack, and he fell, and dozens of riders behind him just, like, fell, too. They fell en masse, and the crash left bikes and bodies tangled in the road. It held the wow. uh, race up for several minutes, and the police um, had posted an appeal on Facebook to track down the female spectator who apparently had left the scene before their arrival because she knew she done fucked up. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, they announced the opening of a judicial investigation into involuntary injuries with disability not exceeding three months. Blah, 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 blah. She could face up to two years in prison and a fine of $35,000.
0: Let's just hope for the fine. like.
1: Mm -hmm. And what's very sad is that... um, the writers have been really kind of asking for safer uh, routes during the races
0: i mean and, yeah there was just like yeah. no railings or anything from what i saw
1: nothing like they could fall at any time uh you know it's like basically like you go from point a to point b and whatever happens in between like good luck you know we've prepared this race for you but if you can't handle it or if you fall like it just seems like Anything could go wrong. And yeah. so this happened. And then on the next Tuesday during stage four, the pelot- peloton, comme on, le peloton, comme on l'appelle. so it's like um, the group of people racing, they halted the race for about a minute in a silent protest for safer racing conditions. They I mean, then yeah. cycled the next 10 kilometers very slowly just to piss off the organizers and 10 kilometers is 6.2 miles
0: good i mean that's mm-hmm. that should be that's that's an oversight issue honestly and oh, like yeah. well i think this person she deserves to kind of get in a little bit of trouble i i do hope she doesn't get thrown into prison first of all yeah i'm kind of against people getting thrown into prison for stuff like that mm-hmm. um but like no one was like permanently injured to where they could never cycle again right
1: well um no no, well i can't quite tell from the cnn article but looking at the pictures even if they can race later on it might have really fucked up uh this race like they might not be able to win this year because of this um because they've been hurt so one of them is like holding his knee and his shoulder you know it might just be scraped but it might be worse and um (sighs) It's just very sad because you really like we might I don't know if we have the copyright for it, but we might post the pictures on Instagram or if you want to look it up. It's pretty easy. Um, You just type Tour de France crash and that's what's trending right now. It happened on the 30th of June. And um, yeah, it's you see all these bikes and all like it's literally like bodies, like actual people just like in the middle of bikes and everything else. Like, when you get hurt like that, you might not be able to get back on the bike and finish the race, especially when you have, like, 23 days of racing to do.
0: It's just such a shit show.
1: Like, good it lord. It is. It is. Yeah. Dang. So then, I thought I would kind of uh, stay away from the news, even though I try to follow them but i had seen this thing online about like amazing badass people and i thought i would try and do a little segment every week introducing you to a badass people of history
0: play it on now,
1: me yeah so i have one for you his full name even though he's like he was a British Army officer born of Belgian and Irish parents. But I do feel like I'm going to fuck up his name. He was Sir, <laughs> like, Lieutenant General Sir Adrian Paul Gislain Carton de Villart. Go big or go name. home. What a name. <laughs> yeah. So he was born in 1880 in Brussels, Belgium. Okay. And died at the age of 83. Uh, in 1963 in Ireland. Okay. And the reason this man has been kind of going around online recently is because I can't tell if he was just really fucked up or just a huge badass, but, like, what? Uh, <laughs> basically, he served in the, I don't know how to pronounce that, B-O-E-R, Bor,
0: The Boer War.
1: The Boer War, the First World (laughs) War, and Second World War. Now, brace yourself. He was shot in the face, head, stomach, ankle, leg, hip, and ear. Was blinded in his left eye. Survived two plane crashes. Tunneled out of a prisoner of war camp and trigger warning for something gross, uh, tore off his own fingers when a doctor declined to amputate them. Describing his experiences in the First World War, he wrote, and I quote, frankly, I had enjoyed the war.
0: I'm speechless. (laughs) What the hell?
1: i know it's so i'm so sorry it's so weird um and then and then and i think you might like that because i know you and history and especially like you know british history and stuff after returning home from service including a period as a pow so prisoner of war in the second world war he was sent to china as winston churchill's personal representative and while on route, he attended the Cairo Conference.
0: Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Damn.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And um, then there's this quote of his, which I'm not sure I agree with to be quite honest. Um, In his memoirs, he wrote, I quote, Governments may think and say as they like, but force cannot be eliminated, and it is the only real and un- unanswerable power we are told that the pen is mightier than the sword but i know which of these weapons i would choose
0: (laughs) wow do not want to get into a bar fight with him
1: no he sounds terrifying uh he had so he had like a black eye patch and an empty sleeve and apparently the oxford dictionary of national biography described him saying that he looked like an elegant pirate and became a figure of legend. His years of service were in 1899 to 1923. And then again, 1939
0: to 1947.
1: Cheers. There's like paintings of him, pictures of him. Um, I mean, he looks like a possibly nice guy. I can't really tell. But because I don't want to say that an eye patch and an empty sleeve make you look scary. Like, that's not true. But Formidable.
0: He looks formidable.
1: And and it's also like he just looks so serious. And there's this painting of his where it's like. Like, like, like he's like staring right into your soul. And that's the thing that scares me.
0: I wouldn't want to fuck with him, honestly. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Like, he Uh -uh. is the embodiment of fuck around and find Mm -hmm. out.
1: Yeah, and like at the end of the first world war, he was sent to Poland as second in command of the British Poland military mission. I <laughs> don't know exactly. Poland was desperately like needing support because they were engaged in bullshit, like with Bolshevik Russia and the Polish Soviet war. So he was involved oh, yeah. in a bunch of stuff. Yeah,
0: wow,
1: a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. So Goodness gracious, he went to... It looks like he went to Norway as well during the Norwegian campaign in 1940. I mean, Northern Ireland, the British military mission to Yugoslavia in 1941. He was a prisoner of war in Italy for two years. The China mission for four years until 1947. I'm telling you, the guy is like smoking a pipe. Looking like a badass. When was this day? In Cairo in 1943. Okay. Like, I'm just hoping that this dude was a cool dude. Like, not cool, but maybe just, like, a good person. Because if, you know, I don't see anything looking super, like, you know, like, bad or awful or or anything. He just looks like a man who went from war war to war to war to war serving his country. And that got so used to it that no matter what he lost, he just kept going um but he was also born in 1880 so I know what the mindset was back then um Victoria for empire yeah so (laughs) I just I just thought when I stumbled upon this I was like there is no way and then I read his wikipedia page and I was like how just how
0: Yeah, it makes me feel, you know, kind of inadequate a little bit. Uh, Like, damn, (laughs) I thought I was having trouble with, like, anxiety and all that. Damn.
1: (laughs) And meanwhile, he's just, like,
0: staring straight into your soul from just a simple picture. He must have been so tired. Like, imagine, like, (gasps) fighting through almost every single major war of the first half of the 20th century.
1: Yeah. Or maybe he was just a vampire thirsty for blood.
0: Speaking of vampires... uh, You said that you were going to watch Twilight. Have you gotten around to doing that yet?
1: No, I didn't. Basically, Netflix just put all of the Twilight movies on Netflix friends. Now, let me tell you, I've already seen Twilight. Okay, I've even read the books. Back in the day, I wasn't like huge into Twilight. I got very disappointed by the movies, but I kind of liked the books. Don't ask me Team Edward or Team whatever his fucking face is. I have no idea. It never it's mattered It's been 10 to me. years. Who
0: cares? Who cares? We know. Uh, yeah.
1: It's <laughs> never mattered to me. I just wanted Bella to be an independent woman and she never got to be one. But, um, yeah, so they put the movies on Netflix and I haven't seen them in so long. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch this shit, but this time I'm going to take notes. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to be doing and then i will let everybody like all of you folks in new devon you know know what i think about this beautiful masterpiece of cinema
0: oh i see you're gonna make it my problem
1: <laughs> yeah i just want you to know how bad it is
0: okay to the i mean point i know even but robert pattinson
1: interested. is saying he hates it and he played in all of them like the main that role man,
0: that man <laughs> is such an enigma like a couple things, not to be too gross or anything. I'm sure he would be amazing in bed. I just get oh, that yeah. vibe he, from him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, like I agree, just going to dinner with him would be the weirdest thing. He gives me Adam so Driver weird. vibes, and like he's very aesthetically attractive, but personality-wise, he's just captivating in that no, kind but of way.
1: I feel like Adam Driver might be more sympathetic, like more like nicer, you know, than Robert. Pattinson I don't know why like I feel like Pattinson might be more of like a homebody kind of used to just being by himself or happy to just be sitting somewhere with a book and a reading while Adam is a driver diver driver does he drive or does he dive driver he uh, while, <laughs> <laughs> while Adam driver looks like you know when I see his interviews and stuff he's more like smiling um and seems a bit more approachable. Now I don't know them, so there's no way I would know. The one thing I did really like was this story that Robert Pattinson said, where he had this fan, like this like female fan, like stalking him. Um, and he was getting obviously very, very tired of it. So he decided, okay, you know, if you're gonna be standing in front of my apartment building all the time and do all of this weird shit i'll invite you to dinner so he (laughs) invited her to dinner that's what i mean it's like the entire uh, dinner he complained about his life so he was just like oh my god nothing is going well i don't like my apartment i'm not happy with my body i don't like myself I think people suck. Like I don't know exactly what he told her, but basically he spent the entire time. Like She probably thought like, oh my God, that's it. I'm going to meet him. He's going to fall in love with me. Boom. Dream, you know, dream realized I'm in. And instead she was so disgusted by him complaining the entire time that she never reached out to him again. He she got rid of the stalker by complaining about his life. It was amazing. What a... What
0: a boss-ass move. Like, I really respect that. But also, like, my genuine philosophy when it comes to celebrities, even if I really love your work, I never want to meet you. The more I like you, Mm -hmm. the more I don't want to meet you in person. You
1: should never meet your heroes. You'll always be disappointed.
0: Always. I have no real-life example.
1: But... You should just, like, be careful about it. You know? Plus, also, it's
0: like there are people you like their work you don't really know them what they do Mm -hmm. tell you about themselves is curated and like it's a parasocial thing which i respect and we all do that's how we communicate but it's like Mm -hmm. you know have realistic expectations like genuinely i'm not talking in like the really awful gabby hanna way but like you know just you know people are people and you shouldn't put them on pedestals
1: Exactly. And they're just human beings. And like you said, you know, who knows? They might just, they might be very tired. They might have stuff happening in their private life that is none of your business. But, you know, maybe some people, like some people are like sick in their family or whatever. Maybe they've just gone through a tough day. Maybe they ate a bad gas station burrito and it's not agreeing with their, like, them. So they really need to go to the bathroom. Um, They're not uh... always... That Graydon- one was a
0: bit niche. I'm gonna not, well, I'm not gonna lie.
1: Maybe I Are have okay? experienced meeting celebrities that had bad burritos. No, I don't know. I have no idea.
0: Have you? Like, <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no, it was just the like the prime example of something I thought about. But no, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, we whenever we see them, you know, they have makeup on, they're prepped for interviews, they know what they're doing, whatever. Yes. Even if you see paparazzi photos come on. Like, first of all, I hate the idea of paparazzi photos. I would hate that happening to me being constantly followed, constantly asked questions, pictures taken of me without my consent. It's awful. So yeah, you know, just cheer for them, support their work, support their career if you really love them, but just be aware that if ever you meet them, they might, they might be super nice. I'm not saying they're like assholes. I'm just saying that They might not be the exact, like, supernova star that you expected them to be because they're just human beings. And sometimes they're assholes. Yeah. Sometimes they're assholes. Yeah.
0: Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, there we go. I know. We're just, like, so awful about that, I guess.
1: (laughs) No, it's just the truth. But talking about amazing celebrities, um, Devin, (laughs) where can people find us if they want to reach out to us?
0: (laughs) Excuse me while I vom. Um, Way to be humble, Camille.
1: We're just so famous.
0: No, we're not. But it's cute that you think that. Um, If you would like to follow us, to keep up with us, and to, you know, get more updates about our awesome podcast, you can follow our podcast on Instagram at Podcast Transatlantic. That's where we normally post episode updates and when you get alerted to when a new episode is live. Also, if you would like to follow us personally, I am on all major social media sites at dev underscore momcada, that is M-O-N-C-A-D-A, and fair Camille here. Um, I wanted to say pasty, but she insisted on fair. Uh, oh, come on. I respect the sun <laughs> and I burn in it. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, uh, She is on Instagram at confused underscore Camille. Yeah. So there you go. And in the meantime, <sighs> give us a follow on all major platforms. Uh, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Google Podcasts. Yes.
1: Also. Yeah, but Anchor also. Anchor is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, yes. Okay. Well, you know, Devin, I'm, I'm very happy to be back recording with you. And I'm looking forward to our season two. Um, and yeah, any feedback is appreciated, folks. And next week, we'll be ready with more stories. And um, if you have any idea for the badass of the week, please let me know. I can probably find quite a few, but um, let me know anyway. Also, if you have like weird opinions about Twilight, I'll take them, too.
0: (laughs) I cannot wait.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, everybody have a great rest of your week. Um, Have a great weekend. And we will talk to you soon. Devin, I love you. And I miss you. And I will talk to you
0: soon as well. Love you too. Miss you. A bientôt. Bye bye.
1: A bientôt. Salut, salut.